Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Apollo. And I'm Ash Epp. And She's we, back again. We have an awesome show prepared today. But how are you doing, Apollo? I am doing wonderfully. I, uh, I did some organization in my own life last night until 2 in the morning. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I know. It's, it's very, very exciting. I, uh, I finally know where, where all my clothes are. That, that's <laughs> been a first since 20, 2019, 2020. Very um, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. So yeah. uh, before we jump in, uh, we have a great sponsor, and that is Liberty Cigars. Uh, Liberty Cigars has assembled a phenomenal uh, series called the Early Republic Series. The owner of Liberty Cigars, his name is quite literally John Adams, uh, and he is a history buff. He's an amazing American. Uh, all these cigars are made in... Uh, or I'm sorry, the boxes are assembled, made in America. Uh, they all uh, smoke wonderfully. We've had the pleasure of having them. So each cigar mirrors the personality of one so honored. Uh, it includes George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams. Uh, so for listeners of Concerted Daily Podcast, go over and, uh, to libertycigars.com and use promo code LIBERTY, and you will get 17.76% off. Personally, my favorite uh, discount amount ever. Uh and you know who knows if uh, if nicotine protects you from uh, COVID might be a good uh, a good gift for somebody. So again, that's libertycigars.com, and use promo code Liberty. That is what they say. That is what they say. That is what they say. Yeah, Crazy yeah. conspiracy theorist. I know. So I um, I love this coffee mug, but I was in corporate America for twenty years, and it had a logo on it, right? And so you know can't bring it on. So I think I, I solved it. Yeah. There we go. You gotta. I think you should use a finger when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, deep state. <laughs> awesome. Well, we have a great show. You know, um, if I'm here, we're talking about we're talking about the election, the safest and most secure election in history. Yeah, and so, we have we have some phenomenal guests. I'll let you cue them up, uh, and we will transition over to them. I'm gonna be making sure that all our ducks in a row. Uh, here in the studio, so I'm going to drop off scene so that these these savages can uh, can school you on what's going on. Yeah, bring everybody in, and I'll 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 tee them up and let them introduce themselves. All right, awesome. Welcome everybody. So, uh, so we have uh, Brian Lupo. We have CanCon here with us today. I'm super excited about this because he was breaking news yesterday. Um, also, fun fact: first podcast I ever did was on Brian's show, and I was with Holly at the time. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We also have right below Brian, you can see we have Holly Kaysen, press secretary extraordinaire for Cause of America, and uh, a, a bit of an election savant as well. Welcome, Col welcome, Holly. Thank you, Ash. 
it's good to see you guys again on air. Yeah, and then finally we have Kevin Moncla, who is the the shadowy figure next to Holly, and he is joining us from Georgia. Welcome, Kevin. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, so we're getting into uh, we're getting into some news that that Brian that you were breaking yesterday before we came on the show at five o'clock or four o'clock now uh, Mountain Time yesterday. I was watching Brian. Brian goes live with a breaking news exclusive report. You you generally watch because he's a he's deep elect- elections uh, nerd like the rest of us <laughs> on screen. But uh, Brian was breaking some news about the election commission's uh, election assistance commission and a report that they just put out. Brian, do you want to give us a quick overview, and then I'm going to set set the stage with some terms. Yeah. So uh, the other day, you know, Kevin is a uh, an, an investigative citizen journalist, and he has done some excellent work covering Georgia. And um, he reaches out to me the other day, and we're talking about this report that he found, and. Um, it was so incredible that I, Kevin will tell you, I asked him, I'm like, dude, scale of one to 10, like how confident are you in this report that it's not a fake report? It's so damning that I asked him, I asked him flat out, is there a chance that this is fake? And the very next morning, I happened to find the report on the EAC's own website. And at that point I was like, okay, hundred percent, this is, this is legit. So this needs to be out there. This report has actually been out since uh, March 22nd, uh, 2022. So um, it's been out for a little over a month and it just completely and totally went under the radar, which in and of itself is mind blowing to me. So uh, Mm. when we get into it, I, I think this thing will knock some socks off. Yeah, so we're going to go down um, a bit of a, a a bit of a rabbit hole here, and this is going to it is indeed explosive, and it's going to be a great show, Mr. Producer. Could you pull up the the numbered list cut that I sent you? I just want to set this for for the audience who's not you know deep election nerds like we are, and you know gets all excited when a report comes out from the EAC. <laughs> um, we're just going to set, uh, set set the standards here. All right, so. This is from an article that I wrote called, Is There Trust in the Trusted Build if the Builders Broke Our Trust? So I'm just going to set who are these players that we're talking about. So the Election Assistance Commission, government agency, accredits the voting systems testing labs. So the way that this works, where we get a what's called a trusted build, and that term is going to come up uh, as, we're, as we're talking through, the trusted build is a golden image. It's an image of the machines that is certified by uh, a voting system or is is uh, uh, is recommended, I guess, by a voting system testing lab. It's actually certified by the Secretary of State. But so you can see U.S. Elections Assistance Commission, they are responsible for accrediting the voting systems testing lab. Voting system testing labs, they're responsible. This is pro v and or SLI compliance. We've seen these names pop up. Um, several lawsuits have attempted to bring the, the voting system testing lab, uh, voting system testing labs, uh, pro v and wasn't accredited at the time of the 2020 election, which is true and keeps getting thrown out on procedural uh, basis because it is, in fact, true. So they're trying to keep that out of court. But they then test the election technologies for certification. So uh, Dominion, Clear Ballot, ESNS, Heart, InterCivic, they'll create their golden images of their machines, their trusted builds, and then the testing labs will go in and test them, right? They test that they're compliant with all voting system standards. Um, 
and then uh, they the voting system testing lab makes a a recommendation, and they basically attest, right? So we're looking at like um, in an SEC. Uh, audit, financial audit, you have firms like PwC or uh, Ernst & Young, KPMG, Deloitte, they'll make an attestation that a company's financial records are accurate, right? In this sense, the voting system testing labs are making an attestation that these uh, trusted builds, these golden images of election technologies are in fact compliant with voting system standards and whatnot. The Secretary of State then, based on that attestation, that recommendation, will certify the trusted build. And then uh, if you could just scroll down a little bit, Apollo, um, you'll see that the Secretary of State's staff, can you scroll down? Thank you. Uh, Secretary of State's staff and the technology vendor, they then install the trusted build, the golden image, and all the machines in the state, right? And then they hand it over to the clerks who on paper are responsible for the voting systems testing. So it's a very collaborative um, environment where we get these images, 5.5, for example, right? Where we get yeah. these, uh, these things. There's a lot, of, a lot of players involved, and the Election Assistance Commission is at the top of this, right? You could almost say that the buck stops there, but the system is so designed for plausible deniability that it really, you really it's hard to pin down where the buck actually stops. Okay, you can pull that down. Can 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 I add something in please, there Ash and this please. is something that will be this is something that'll be mind-blowing to a lot of people I think. The the companies that go in and do the testing on on the equipment, you know that that go in and do the testing on, you know, the Dominion equipment, the ESNS equipment, et cetera, et cetera, They're not paid by the state. They're not paid by the county. They're not paid by the city. They're not paid by the federal government. They're paid by the vendors. So yeah. the election companies themselves are financing, are paying for the testing of their equipment. And when you see, like in Maricopa County, for example, where they did a, an audit before Cyber Ninjas and Cypher did their audit, Pro V got in there. So, you know, just anybody that has an ounce of common sense would look at an audit being performed by the very company that certified it on behalf of the company that owns the technology, the, 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 the IP, the, the, the source code, it's literally the definition of insanity. The conflict of interest, there couldn't be a bigger conflict of interest unless the candidates themselves were going in there and, and doing the audits of these machines. And this, again, parallels the SEC audit process, right? The, when you have a, a financial audit, done that is an attestation to the SEC that the company's books are what they are, that com the, the company performing the audit is paid by the company being audited. That's how this works, right? This is what Sarbanes-Oxley sought to put some restrictions on, but unfortunately, they never got rid of evergreen contracts. So what you see then, we don't have to speculate, right, is what can happen with this kind of conflict of interest. Enron and, and Arthur Anderson. Arthur Anderson was the, the auditor who was making attestations about Enron's financial records. Enron was paying Arthur Anderson for those attestations about their records, and we all know how that ended, right? It is absolutely a conflict of interest. It's absolutely the way the system is designed. And because it is, I would, I would hypothesize, because this is how our SEC financial audits work as well, uh, they'll say, oh, that's just how it works. Nothing to see here. 
it's precedent. Yeah. And, and when we when we talk about the actual report from the EAC, remind me to bring up the SEC again because I want to draw a comparison to what we find what we found in this report and and compare that with what the the, the what would happen if we found something similar in a private uh, institution such as banking or a big corporation? So let's get into it. We know. Uh, oh, go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. I said the differences with the uh, the testing labs—they're not certified to do forensic audits, and they're not um, recognized by the EAC to do that. Right. They're not testers. They're not recognized to do any audit. I was actually, ironically, I was just watching the Maricopa County hearing, uh, excuse me, the Congre congressional hearing where, where Congressman Biggs was asking Bill Gates, Jack Sellers, and Ken Bennett uh, about this. I was just watching it this morning, and it gets to the point where uh, Congressman Biggs was confusing the EAC with the FEC, but he asked Gates several times, you know, were, were these does EAC certify any auditors? And the answer is no. Gates had to dance around that and say, I'm not familiar with the term forensic auditors. Well, it, it doesn't matter if it's their term forensic is in front of it or not. The EAC does not certify any auditors. Uh, and, and they're definitely not Pro-V&V, SLI compliance, you know, and going back, some of the other ones, Wild and some other companies that were uh, VSTLs back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about what you found. Okay. Uh, so if, if um, Mr. Producer, I listen to you guys all the time and I've always wanted to say that Joe is always <laughs> Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer, can you pull up the EAC report, please? <laughs> it would be my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought that that was so cool because I don't have a producer. I'm my own producer <laughs> on, on my podcast. Um, so so w when this gets pulled up, this was basically uh, a, a report that was done for, our, for Williamson, Tennessee, based on the 2020, 2021 election that took place on October 26th. Um, and, and, and some of the findings here, this report puts out a lot more questions than it actually answers. Um, I, I just want to read this highlighted paragraph right here. It says, on February 11th, 2022, Dominion submitted a root cause analysis to the EAC. The report indicates that erroneous code is present in the EAC certified Dominion Suite, uh, 50, Democracy Suite 5.5B and Democracy Suite 5.5C systems. The RCA report states that when the anomaly occurs, it's due to a misread of the QR code. If the QR code misread affects a certain part of the QR code, the ICP scanner which is uh, the tabulator that you, you run your ballot through that counts it, mistakenly interprets a bit in the code that marks the ballot as provisional. Now, here's where it's mind-blowing. Once that misread happens, the provisional flag is not properly reset after the ballot's voting session. The result is that every ballot scanned and tabulated by the, by the machine after that misread is marked as provisional and thus not included in the tabulator's close poll report totals. So in layman's terms, this, this, this machine, you run a ballot through, and if it's the ballot that quote-unquote triggers the provisional uh, thing, every ballot after that will get put into a batch that is not counted in the final count. So, you know, where that goes, who knows that it's in that batch, we don't know. Maybe Kevin can, can answer that, uh, you know, talk to that a little bit more. Well, and let's assume it goes into adjudication, Right. Let's assume that it goes through into the adjudication process, which we know 
that allows them. Holly, I know you've uh, you, you've done some digging on the adjudication process. What what are your thoughts on what Brian just read? Well, it, I mean, it's absolutely stunning because you know it, it it just shows that there are so many vulnerabilities in these systems from tip to tail. You know, from how they're they're approved to vendor selection to how how these machines operate in these systems. I mean, it's it's mind blowing to think that we are trusting our elections to such a faulty system. And that people are defending this system, you know, tooth and nail. And, and you've got to ask why at this point. You've got to wonder where are the power centers who are fighting over this, who's responsible, and, and why um, is the public still standing for this obvious uh, breach in, in security? Yeah, you know, I um, I mentioned that the first podcast that I ever did was with the two of you. We were talking about the Eric Coomer article that I wrote. And Eric Coomer famously, one of the, the, the famous non-controversial videos, I mean, it's pretty controversial, but it's not, you know, the subject of whether or not it exists, uh, is him demonstrating adjudication. And he's showing the the audience full of election workers how to manually change votes. And there was a hypo there is a hypothesis that they want to force ballots to go into adjudication because then they can control them and manipulate um, the outcomes more easily. And what this is showing, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, and Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, this is showing is that there, so, you know, we don't, I don't think we can say if this is a bug or a feature, right? But let's assume for a second it's a feature. If you wanted to have admit as many ballots go to adjudication as possible, having something that one ballot triggers then all subsequent ballots going to adjudication is pretty handy. Am I get? am I missing something? Mr. Producer, can you pull up the RTR clip? Because it is a feature, and we're going to show you that it's a feature. There you go. So not only is this a feature, but... You say that so nicely, by the way. <laughs> uh, not only is this a feature, but the, the, the need for this feature, to me, is insanity. Like, all right, so let me just read this to you. The and this, this comes from the Tennessee Election Integrity Group. Uh, the following features are documented in the D Dominion Result Tally and Reporting, or the RTR system. Section and figure references are from the Dominion RTR user manual 5.5.139. And it says, the RTR system allows for mass changing of votes by deleting results entered uh, from the secure removable media cards and replacing them with data from a local file or NAS attached files or by manual entry. No dual party authentication or oversight of the operator is required to perform these actions. A log entry is made, but we have confirmed at least in, in our county, meaning Williamson, that this log file is not audited as part of the, uh, uh, the election certification. Um, so it goes on to say the RTR can publish reports to the public, uh, I think that's that's it on there. But <clears throat> Kevin, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more because I know you've you've been diving through the manual and everything like that. The 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 ability for somebody to make these types of mass changes to the ballots uh, in a batch like this is 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 insane to me. It is insane. It's uh, unrestricted and it's easy as drag and drop. Or they could do it in the um, database format and just change values in the cells directly. 
And so that kind of brings up right why when and I I don't I don't know what version Mesa County what version of Dominion Mesa County was using, but one of the findings of Mesa too that you know the the critics all said, well, that's not such a big deal, right? Was that there's these create this creation of databases, right? That the the trusted build is creating these databases, and you know in Mesa three we show actual dragging and dropping and swapping of votes, but in the the creation of these databases, it's very purposeful, right? You, I mean, you'd almost, I don't know that we can compare this Tennessee, Williamson, Tennessee to Mesa County. I don't want to misspeak, but we're seeing a lot of the same types of, you know, the, the different pieces and parts of the architecture of fraud showing up all over the country. Well, so here's the thing, and, and this is, uh, Kevin, did you want to say something? Um, I agree. It's, oh, I was, um, this is, unrestricted. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, there's, there's an interesting component to all of this with these databases being created and mass ballots going to it to adjudication. Um, I was an election judge and also a poll watcher in 2020. And what's interesting is that, um, you know, there's this theater of adjudication, which I believe is theater now. Um, so... In Colorado, what happens when a ballot goes to adjudication is the ballot image gets posted in front of a bipartisan team of election judges, and they determine manually what the intent of the voter is. And for the most part, what I watched uh, is that these people are really honest in looking at the, when I say people, I mean the election judges are honest in trying to figure out um, you know, whether a ballot marking is intentional or not intentional. And there's, there's just a lot of agreement there. But what, what the clerks and all these people are going to be saying is, well, you know, the, the ballots that go through adjudication are manually decided what, what the voter intent is. Now, what we're, what we're positing right here is that there's a whole secondary system that's doing batch changes behind the scenes that election judges and poll watchers would never even know. They would never even see all of these ballots being changed. And so there, there's potential that there's, there's hiding behind some sort of process of manual um, adjudication, but that's, that's not at scale. I mean, that, that's not what we're talking about here. And so that's got to be an issue that, that gets uncovered is, uh, you know, are the ballots that are being manually adjudicated, are they a small portion? Are they a large portion? Um, you know, are they, are they truly the adjudication count of all the ballots that could be put in a secondary database? Well, and we saw in the 2021 municipal election in El Paso County, there was a mismatch between uh, the Secretary of State reported results and the county level reported results, a mismatch of about 25,000 ballots, which sounds pretty scalable. And their uh, their CORA, their open records, Colorado open records um, communications showed that they said, oh, it's no big deal. We'll just manually correct it. Well, we could do uh, a whole episode with, with you guys uh, not even talking about this report in regards to Fulton County. Um, you know, same thing they saw down there. They reported uh, on, in, in real time on a, on a Skype call with all the election officials. Um, 
they reported that they had 14,000 in-person ballots at 5 p.m. in Fulton County. And the final number that they ended up reporting for in-person voting on Election Day, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, was 52,000. So they, they picked up like 38,000 votes in, in a matter of two hours. Well, we which know is, where they picked them up, right? It was the suitcases that were dragged out from under the table. <laughs> well, we don't want to say too much about about that. You know, we don't want to make accusations. We got them suitcases. Yeah, we, we'd rather we'd rather get answers rather than make yeah. accusations. We'd rather get answers, but we can't get answers. We're getting stonewalled. Well, you so. know me. I love to speculate. We got to pay the bills, so I'm going to f- toss it over to Apollo real quick to do a, do an ad read, and then we'll come back. Well, hello, everyone. I am uh, back from behind the scenes, but I'm uh, going to remind everyone that this podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. They've been a sponsor of us for well over a year. Uh, phenomenal sponsors. We knew the owner of Air Medcare. Uh, so if you like to live or if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or you like to you know, do stupid stuff like I do sometimes, uh, health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight. If, in fact, you do need one, with Air Medcare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Uh, and when I say you're covered, not only you, but your entire household is covered. So if you have kids, wife, uh Air medical transport can be extremely expensive. I know people who've uh, who've needed something like that personally. So if you ever bust your head open or anything like that, uh, Air Medicare Network will cover the cost of any emergency medical flight with an AMCM provider. So for listeners of the show, go over to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily. You will get up to a $50 e-gift card back. There is an option for an Amazon gift card. <laughs> Do not use it. Hey, Zach. <laughs> Uh, because Bezos is a piece of garbage and we don't support people like Bezos. Uh, so use the, the, the gift card option. That is not Amazon, uh, protect your family. It's fire insurance. Uh, so airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily. And now I will turn it back over to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Support for, uh, support for Amazon is essentially keeping the Washington post afloat. So, Keep that in mind as you're making purchasing decisions. All right, Brian, back to you. Didn't the Washington Post just complain about Elon Musk, a billionaire buying Twitter and running media? Yes, they did. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Right? I mean, do you guys know who owns the Washington Post? Your own own, uh, journalist? journalist, uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he bought it. That billionaire is not not guilty of wrong thing publicly. So that's the difference. (laughs) <laughs> eat the rich except for bezos yeah so getting back to what holly was saying about vote switching and all that if you go back to 2019 i've talked about this on my show a few times because um you know a few a few weeks ago there was like this mystery mystery that they that they unsealed the uh j alex haldeman report out of the curling v raffensburger case in fulton county uh it, it turned out it wasn't true it was just a brief from from august of 2021 but i went back and covered that brief from j alex haldeman who wrote the report and submitted this brief about the report and uh in doing so, I played this clip from 2019 in DEF CON, and it was two uh, students from the University of Michigan, computer science students, and they, they studied under the uh, supervision of J. Alex Halderman. And in this, in this DEF CON report, they do about a 20-minute segment talking about how they can take a ballot on these, on these BMDs that scan the ballots like they do in Fulton County. They can literally scan the ballot, find identifiers, on the ballot, cut out the circle that you filled in, put it on another candidate, print it out, and you would never know. 
you would never know. It would come out and in, say, for example, the 2020 election, you voted for Trump, you run it through, it can scan it, print out your ballot, or you know, when you print it out, it'll print out your ballot and it'll switch the vote for you automatically as you tabulate it and you'll never know. And it does it faster than the tabulator can actually scan it. So it's not even like, why is there such a slowdown? You know, what's taking so long? It does it faster than the scanning time. So it's all completely and totally concealed. So when you think about that, and, and you think about what we have here where, you know, there's mass ballots that go to a folder that we don't necessarily know, most likely adjudication or something along those lines. Do you have the ability to make a, a change on these ballots in real time faster than the ballots can be scanned? And we won't know the answer to this because that report has been sealed in Fulton County. You know, the, the insanity of a federal judge sealing a report that has something about the, the, the integrity and structure and safety of our election system. We're not talking about, you know, uh, a, a war document, you know, some classified information with, with a, a foreign country that could get us in some, some sort of trouble. We're talking about our elections. Yeah. And that's sealed. My mind is blown on that. Well, and I think yeah. their excuse, right, is that the... Oh, sorry, Kevin. I think their excuse is that they're the revealing the Halderman report will reveal the vulnerabilities in our system, right? So we can't do that because we're going to keep using the vulnerable system. Um, it's well, it's it, insanity. Sorry, Kevin. Well, not only that, not only that, they also do it so that uh, Dominion doesn't have to disclose that in the pending lawsuits that are going on right now. You know, we've got we've got a lot of lawsuits that Dominion, I call them slap lawsuits, uh, going against a lot of these people. Uh, you know, I think we just saw one of the networks uh, not with Dominion, but one of the networks just uh, settled out a lawsuit. But you have these lawsuits going on. And, you know, a lot of it is based on this, this claim that, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say too much, but that, you know, the, the election was, was rigged and it was ensured that it was rigged. And then you have this admission by the company itself saying, well, yeah, there was erroneous code on there. And the EAC certified it anyways with that erroneous code. If the EAC is our checks and balances on this and they let it go, what, why do we have the EAC? Right. What's their budget? Why do, let's, let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of them. Because we've been gaslit for the last two years that everything was EAC certified. They said everything was okay. And here we are now finding out that EAC certifications had erroneous code. They didn't Go just figure. say everything was okay. They said this was the safest, most secure, and most transparent election in history, right? So that's the the gaslight is is intense, and we don't self censor on this show. The election was rigged; it was stolen, and we will say that outright. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Yeah, sorry. you know, uh, oh. back to Brian. <laughs> back to Brian's point about the EAC. Um. It's, it's really fascinating because even at the start of the EAC being formed um, with the introduction of the HAVA Act in 2002, there were always questions and criticisms of what was the actual purpose of the EAC. I mean, it was staffed with folks that don't have technical prowess, never have, that are doing testing and claiming that they're doing testing on these machines and validating and verifying that the machines are safe to use. And really, the EAC was just an arm to dole out money, um, federal money, for uh, our elections. And, you know, back in the day, the Republicans were, you know, the neocons, the Bushes, 
Carl Rove, Dick Cheney, you know, that whole crew, they were the ones who really had a stronghold on the whole machine industry. And then, then over, and the, the Dems were going nuts over it back then. I mean, they, they absolutely, you know, fought as, as hard as they could to stop the machines going into, uh, you know, our election system. And then over time, the control has shifted. Now, I don't think it's, totally shifted one way or the other. I think there's a big battle behind the scenes between both of these, you know, the left and the right. I, I talk about it like Coke versus Pepsi. They're, they're happy to divide up the pie, and they don't want any other sodas coming in and, and breaking up their market share. But um, it's fascinating to see how, how whoever is in power who believes that they have power, um, you know, all of a sudden can get behind you know, an EAC, one of these government agencies, whereas, you know, 10 years before, they, they absolutely fought it. it it's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, Ash, I don't really, I don't, I don't mean to kind of to kind of drive this, but... Um, oh, go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm a podcaster too, so I, you know. But can, can we, uh, Mr. Producer, can we pull up, you guys, all right, so you guys have heard of PCAPs? <laughs> well, get ready for recaps can you pull up the recap sheets absolutely do you care which one first no it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and i'll let i'll let kevin speak to this a little bit here but remember guys what this report shows is that the uh the 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 poll pad when you're at the polling location there's going to be a discrepancy uh, as you're scanning the ballots it's going to start putting ballots after the certain ballot that triggers this this flaw this erroneous code all the ballots after that are going to be set as provisional and you know set off to the side somewhere we don't exactly know where yet we can assume but we don't exactly know where yet so in order to kind of prove this i guess it would make sense that if you have poll pad check-ins like we're showing right here this is in this is in georgia uh where you, where you have people that check in and that number doesn't match up with the people that scan, the number of ballots that were scanned at that location. Uh, this is either telling us one of two things. Either people went to the place, checked in, stood in line to vote or whatever it may be, you know, got their card and decided, eh, I don't want to vote. And it, this, the poll pad, and, and correct me if I'm wrong again, Kevin, but the poll pad would be after you wait online. You don't check in and then go wait online. You wait online and then check in. So somebody would have to check in they go through all the process, get to the you know the end where they're about to vote, walk up to the machine and say, eh, I don't want to vote and walk back. Or their ballot got put in a different folder because they were part after the, the ballot that triggered it. Does that make sense? Yes. Perfectly. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, look, I mean, look, this is circumstantial at the moment, but it makes sense. You know, you put, put things together and they make sense. So, Kevin, uh, you, uh, you're way more fluent and you have a better theory, a more expansive theory on this, if you want to talk to that a little bit. Well, the, the basic election accounting is supposed to be how many people came in the front door versus how many, how many votes were, were counted. That's the most basic accounting there is at the end of an election. This shows that that didn't happen. Uh, with, the, with the recap sheets, we're showing that people are checking in and they're not voting. So... It should have been caught by every means of, of, of um, certification and uh, reconciliation, but there's none um, in, in Georgia anyway. And it just leaves open um, the process to manipulation. You have a whole 
stack of ballots that aren't on the tabulators that you can do whatever you want with. That's simple. And, and just the poll pads in Georgia are all connected to the internet, which has been admitted and established. And they make the card. Presumably they can trigger the poll pad from the back end to trigger the anomaly at any point. And an, an, another thing, they, let me let, let me add this, Kevin, because I'm trying to draw the similarities here between uh, this Williamson place and and Fulton County. And and let me let me also just say this: this report is not very clear on this, but based on what we know about the Democracy Suite 5.5B, the 5.5C, and the EAC certification, it is is it would you say it's safe to assume, Kevin, that this glitch here is not exclusive to Williamson County, but rather exclusive to the 5.5B and 5.5C. They admitted, yes, they admitted that it affected all of the B and C systems, but um, nowhere is, is the red flag being raised. Right. So, so I want to I want to kind of draw some similarities here between what we saw in Williamson and what we saw in Fulton County. Uh, it, well, excuse me, in all of Georgia, and uh, in in the 2022 election where this was discovered, or 2021 election where this was discovered in Williamson, uh, the Tennessee voter group. Uh, let me let me. I want to make sure I cite their name. Tennessee Voters for Election Integrity. Again, in their executive summary, they say. Uh, why were 19 out of 20 tabulators used during the October 26 election running different software than the version that was demonstrated to candidates during the September 28th inspection? Uh, the Secretary of State, Trey Haggart, uh, didn't say in his recent letter to the Williamson County Election Commission uh, why this was so. Um, we saw the same thing in Georgia when they had a de minimis upgrade that they had to do to the machine. So they certified the software and EA, uh, Pro V&V certified the software in Fulton County. They realized during the, I think it was during the primary that all the Senate candidates weren't appearing on the, on the, 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 the uh, selection, the tabulator, the tab tablet that you vote on. They weren't all on the same page. So they went in and they did this de minimis update to the, all the systems across Georgia. And there was a, a, a huge, you know, lawsuit about it, about whether or not they they have to recertify. Um, and they what they ended up doing was they ended up uh, calling it de minimis, meaning it doesn't need to be recertified. And they ran the election on this new updated software that nobody really got a chance to go through. Uh, and who you, decides you that? Who decides that it's that it's de minimis and it doesn't need to be recertified? Who makes that call? Well, I mean, essentially, the the judge did. But uh, in this case, it was it was um, Eric Coomer was actually arguing on behalf of Dominion and Jack Cobb was arguing on behalf of Pro V&V. But Jack Cobb in the case basically said that he's not a cybersecurity expert. He's the CEO of Pro V&V. He's basically not a cybersecurity expert. And he deferred his testimony to Eric Coomer, who is the one that argued that it was de minimis. And then the judge agreed with them. And the judge agreed. The judge did say uh, that it does raise concern and that it would it would it would trigger a, a an election crisis. And so they have to avert the crisis. So and that just happens to also be the same judge that is uh, sealing the Halderman report. And it also happens to be the same judge that just recently forced Marjorie Taylor Greene to testify about uh, her insurrectionism in Georgia. So th this judge has her name all over everything in Georgia. It's fascinating. 
But it, it goes back to, you know, the article that I mentioned at the beginning, the, is there trust in a trusted build if the builders broke our trust? It comes down to trusting our election systems is a pinky promise with the, with the voting system vendors. It is uh, a joke. You know, we read through EAC certifies the lab. The lab tests the product. The, the lab makes a recommendation to the Secretary of State. Then they put it in there. This went to court, and you had Eric Coomer and Jack Cobb, who are completely invested in the system, making the call. So it's, it comes down to do you who do you trust, right? Is it a trusted build? Well, it's, tr it's only a trusted build. You can only say that it's trusted if you trust Dominion, if you trust Pro-V&V, and if you trust the establishment. Yeah, and, and well, in that in that instance, the software was installed before it was even submitted to the EAC in thirty thousand machines across the state of Georgia. Before it was submitted, how is that not a another, violation? <laughs> it is. It, it is. It, it absolutely actually is. You guys need to have Kevin and I on just to do a show on Georgia. I'm telling you. I mean, we Kevin was the that. one that discovered. Kevin was the one that discovered that Dominion ran the entire election in Fulton County. I'm not talking like they oversaw that. it. They were exclusively yeah. running the entire election, uh, the, 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 the buildup to it, the logic and accuracy and all that. And we haven't even begun to get into... No, they, they did the logic and accuracy testing and were paid $2 million to do it. Yes, we haven't even gotten into that that type of research in regards to this report and trying to tie it all together yet. This we just got this two days right. ago, so this is all still new to us. And wasn't that um, what wasn't it the case that they blamed COVID for that yep. that they, they they ran out of staff because all their staff had COVID, so they had to use Dominion staff. <laughs> and people yep. just went, I mean, safest, right. most transparent, secure election in history. How can you question it? And Ken, can I real wrong. quick, uh, Joe is watching and he says uh, he's now a, a fanboy of yours and we're definitely going to have <laughs> you back on. So uh, he, 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 loves, uh, he loves what he's hearing. Oh, you should oh, watch well, the show. You, Brian, Brian has one of the, one of the deepest uh, – I, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned to find out that it's just you and you don't have any support because the level of research and depth that you get into in your reporting is, is fabulous and one I, of my I get, as I get, well. I get shunned because of the cannabis, but I'm not going to yeah, sell Brian, out. I'm yeah, not gonna, I'm not going to sell out who I am, but yeah, I get you shunned because be here. We don't self censor here. You got a rocket this, launcher in the background. This show up for that. is welcoming and inclusive to everybody except for globalists, Satanists, pedophiles, and country club Republicans. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, hey, Brian, tell us what happened uh, with with your sponsors. I just heard heard about that yesterday on your show um what what happened you got deplatformed or sponsors were pulled i'm not sure just yet but i have a, a company that uh basically you can sign up for affiliate sponsors and um they recently uh i went to log in and um i had like 14 or 15 thousand unique clicks on all the links for the sponsors that i have and nobody was buying anything so i reached out to them and i said what's going on here you know thirteen thousand clicks and nobody has bought anything that doesn't make sense and uh, the other day, I just went to log in and it says I'm suspended. So I called them up and I said, why am I suspended? And they said, you know, we can't really tell you. Uh, you can try and file an appeal, but how do I appeal something if I don't know why I'm suspended? Um, so I'm still waiting to hear from them to tell me, you know, why I'm suspended or whatever the, the case may be. 
you know, I don't really know. I know they're out of Chicago, so we all know what goes on in Chicago in terms of politics. So if they happen to check out my program, you know, maybe maybe they're censoring me over what I talk about. I don't I don't know. But uh, I, I'm not really talking too much about that until I figure out why. It could be something simple. You know, I, I could be uh, overblowing this and it could just be, uh, you know, a, a problem with with my account or something, you know. But until I hear back from them. Uh, I'm gonna kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna add a software glitch. Yeah, right. Erroneous code. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a Twitter suspension. You don't get to find out why. So, you, you can't really. So, so, did you ever hear about my Twitter suspension story? I don't know. I don't know. So, so Twitter banned me. Twitter banned me, and like flat out, like I have the code. Like I appealed it. They denied my appeal and said you are permanently suspended. Do not write us again. We will ignore it. And then the day Truth Social dropped. I clicked on a Gateway Pundit article and there was a tweet, a, a Twitter link in there and I clicked on it and it said, it took me to a page saying, you were banned for this post. If you delete it, we'll, uh, if you, no, just delete it. It didn't say we'll let you back on. So I immediately recorded it and I'm like, look, I do not, I do not consent to deleting this. I, you know, I stand by what I said, but let me see what happens if I delete it. And I deleted it and boom, I was back on Twitter. Wow. So permaband to, and, and we could go back to what YouTube did to us. You know, the guys that I podcast with, Nick Moseter, Bahizi, uh, Q Out of Darkness, Jovan Pulitzer. Uh, back in the day, we had this Media Matters hit piece done just on us exclusively. Uh, Media Matters did like this big hit piece on us. And um, literally over the next week, YouTube banned all of us, except Neil Johnson and Marcus D. Those two are still allowed on YouTube. But they banned like 16 of us in a row, like back to back to back to back. Do we think that so. Neil and Marcus were in on it? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Those, <laughs> so like those, getting, those rolled two guys getting rolled up after who's the informant? No, I'm those kidding. two guys. I, I Marcus was there. Yes, <laughs> I know and love yeah, both you those know guys. Them. <laughs> they were both at the symposium with with me. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> All right, so you know, what, uh, go ahead, Holly. That. The, I got banned my very, very first blog article I ever wrote. I was on media, and um, I was criticizing Fox News for calling the, the election early, and I was talking about, you know, the change in management and, you know, the, the events leading up to um, uh, the change in, in uh, you know, management and how that affected their news, and I had 300 views on my article on, on Medium, and I was banned off a of medium. I mean, it was, there was no traction whatsoever. I mean, 300 people, big deal. And uh, that's what started my whole endeavor into creating my own blog. It was kind of nuts. I mean, the very, very first article I ever wrote. It's, it's insane. And, and now, like, since Elon Musk, since the buy th came through and they froze uh, all, the, all the Twitter, uh, you know, source code and all that, my Twitter has blown up like in the last two days since this buy i've picked up over 300 followers which is normally like two months worth of followers for me you know i pick up like maybe maybe 50 a month and in two days i've picked hmm. up over 300 i'm seeing more content from other people you know people that i haven't seen in forever are starting to show up on my on my feed um you know, it, it was a big deal for me when I got my Twitter back because I got Matt Gates follows me, uh, Laura Logan follows me, Anthony Sabatini, Phil Klein. Like I have a lot of important people in the conservative movement that follow me on there. So when I got that back, I was ecstatic. And now it's it's exploding. So, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great thing. 
So when you broke this news about the EAC yesterday, I posted it on Twitter and it's still up. So, you know, looks like wow. uh, looks like some of the algorithms are are locked down now. Awesome. All right. So what's next on this story with the EAC? I know there's a lot more research to be doing. What should people be looking for? And, and Brian, what do you have coming up on your show? Well, I'll, I'll talk real quick to it, but I want Kevin to talk more to it. Uh, like I said, you, you definitely need to have Kevin back on. Uh, you know, I'll join him if he wants me to, but de definitely need to have Kevin back on to talk about Shaw files and, and, and modified times and, and poll tapes and all the stuff that he's found, him and his team out there in Georgia have found is absolutely incredible. Um, as far as this, I think, I think we need some answers from the EAC. I think the EAC needs to come to the table and answer some questions. Was this exclusive to Williamson County. Uh, and, and we're not, I'm sorry, we're not going to take your word for it. Uh, you know, this, this right here, this is critical infrastructure. This is, this is listed election, such, uh, uh, election, uh, material components are listed as critical infrastructure. And when you have the admission of erroneous code on the 5.5 B and 5.5 C by the company that wrote the software, and it was certified by the federal government, they're, completely in my opinion they are completely uh incapable of of showing us that this didn't happen nationwide this right here should be the smoking gun to get forensic audits in all 50 states or any state that has the 5.5 b and 5.5 c software well and there's no more trust right so the the none, ceo none. of is dominion spoke before congress and said our machines don't even have the ability to connect to the internet i don't understand why people are saying this they don't even have that capability false lied before yes. congress nothing ever happens to them they never get in trouble whatever but they've broken our trust they've broken our yep. trust completely it's gone you have to prove it the burden of proof is not on us we've proved we've proven our case we've proven that this election was meddled with repeatedly over time since election day it yep. the burden of proof in my mind has shifted to them and they need to prove it you're admitting erroneous code you need to show us that it didn't happen in every single jurisdiction that used 5.5b and 5.5c or 5.5 generally especially when you have anomalies in another location like Georgia that show that this was the case. I mean, what other explanation do you have for those recap sheets? You know, poll pads that have significantly more voters than what was tabulated at that precinct. There is, I, I can't think of another explanation for that. We're talking the, the, the two sheets that we have that we, that we showed, we're talking 1100 votes right there on two sheets in out of how many precincts, Kevin, in, in Fulton County? 300? Yeah, 300. And a couple thousand across the state of Georgia? I mean, we, we could be talking about literally hundreds of thousands of votes. Well, we are. Let's it, be honest. I, I mean, it's insane to me, guys. This is, this is the biggest. I think, look, I, I'm looking forward to 2,000 mules. I think it's going to be incredible. But I think this report right here is far bigger than what we're going to see there because uh, the, the 2,000 mules, well, well, we'll get to the bottom of 2,000 mules. They should, they're, they're different. They're birds of a different feather. Okay. They're, they're they equally. Are. So I don't know if you've heard my opinion on 2,000 mules and rigged both of them. Um, I think that this allows Republicans to, to campaign on election integrity without having to address decentralization and without having to address the machines. Um, you know, in the rigged, it's more rigged than 2000 mules. I think the, that true, the vote has done some great work, right? But the, um, the, in the trailer for the movie rigged, 
you have Cleta Mitchell say, we don't have to look at voting machines or at China. This is good old-fashioned ballot stuffing. That is the, that is, that's what we've heard from the Republican Party as we've tried to uh, push for election integrity over the past 15, 16 months. We've heard consistently from the Republican Party that there's nothing to see here. It's the gold standard. The machines are great, et cetera, et cetera. But election integrity is the number one issue for people in this country, and we've seen that it's not going away. We were all supposed to have gone back to our lives by now, right? And we haven't. We now have more investigative citizen journalists than ever who are revealing the truth. And so the Republican Party had to take a stand and had to come out with election integrity. So what do they do? They campaign on the same old issues. We got to get rid of mail-in ballots. We got to get rid of ballot harvesting. But we could keep the machines. And there's no foreign foreign threats. That's my sure. There anyway, Kevin, tell us tell us what you're uh, what you're looking forward to and, and what you're planning with the next next steps in this investigation. Well, even if you just go by what they their excuse and say it's a, a software issue, like they said in Antrim, um, which is a lot is very similar uh, similar circumstances. They says they say that the direct cause of the anomaly was inconclusive. This is in the EAC uh, report. The direct cause of the anomaly was inconclusive, but it was successfully fixed. <laughs> so think about that. It's Can like you, taking your car to, to have it repaired and, you know, it was dying out in the middle of the road and then you take it in and they say it's fixed. We don't know why we fixed, how we fixed it, but it's fixed. That was the exact uh, analogy that I was going to go with, Kevin. That'd be like bringing your car in and saying, I don't know what's wrong with it, but I fixed it. <laughs> and bill you for it as well. And bill you for oh, it, right? Man. Oh, it's it's and, absolutely and incredible. The Totenberg, the Totenberg. Uh, you know, as, as dismal as all of this is, I mean, an explosive and dismal. Um, you know, I've I've been looking at some of the um, uh, comments in the chat, and um, one thing that is happening that I think we we can all focus on, which does have to do with the machines, are the injunctive are the injunction cases that, um, you know, the first one was in Arizona with Mark Fincham and Carrie Lake. And that is so critical as a way to pull all of this together is to know that there are going to be cases going through to stop the use of the machines in 2020. Now, that doesn't mean everybody is forgetting what, or sorry, in 2022, it doesn't mean that anybody's forgetting what happened in 2020, but it, we kind of have to fight on both fronts. It's still fixed 2020, but it's also stopped the machines in 2022 so that we can go back and hold those accountable from 2020 and get that fixed. And so I think yeah. it'll be a really interesting summer to see, um, you know, all of these cases can't be shut down in every single state. I just, I don't, I don't believe that'll happen. Yes, it might happen in a few, but you know, they got a magistrate assigned to the case in, in Arizona. So it'll be really interesting to watch. And I do think that this will have a big impact on the EAC and all the things that um, Kevin and, and Brian are talking about from Georgia. You know, Holly, one thing that I think we can take away from this, and this is something that I think a lot of people in the chat will really like to hear. With 2,000 mules, with this report, we're going on the offensive finally. Like, we are going on the offensive. Like, it, it, the, the momentum has completely and totally shifted with, with, with 2,000 mules and with this. Uh, the evidence is there now. 
Um, and, and it's, it's now it's, it's their turn to answer questions and get in front of us and get in front of this. And with Twitter now, I mean, it's so explosive on Twitter because we can talk about it now. And, you know, I've been making an anomaly, uh, excuse me, an analogy of, of a Band-Aid. Okay, that's the analogy I've been using. You guys have a choice. Those of you that have been, you know, sucking down the mainstream media for the last two years, you guys have a choice. You can rip the Band-Aid off quick and actually l start listening to, you know, these types of podcasts where people are doing uh, information, doing FOIA requests, doing open records requests, and showing evidence that way. Or you can continue listening to Reuters fact check that says, uh, no, Maricopa didn't delete uh, any databases in, in the election when uh, Bill Gates said it in Congress under oath that they did. They just archived it. You know, and, and that's what I wanted to tie back into. Uh, Ash, we, you completely forgot to, to bring back the, the, uh, the SEC uh, aspect of this. So can you imagine, Ash, like looking back at, you know, what I just mentioned about the, the Maricopa County thing and, 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 and now with this report, can you imagine if an auditor came in and, and, and saw something like this in a bank where a bank had erroneous code that was uh, stopping your deposits all of a sudden and after $10,000, you couldn't deposit any more money, but people didn't really notice it. They weren't checking their bank account. They didn't have access to their bank account. Can you imagine what would happen to that bank? Yeah, they go out of business and they go. And they, the, the, the government would shut them down. Yeah. They'd be done. Yeah, there, there, there'd be people being arrested. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's it's quite stunning. And you know, I use the um, the example of Enron and Arthur Anderson because of the nature of that relationship. It was an evergreen contract. Anderson did the audit every year. For Enron, they had real cozy, snuggled up relationships between the leader of the audit firm and the leader of the, and they were too big to fail. They were too big to go down. At that point, one of those big, you know, big five at the time, SEC audit firms would never be taken down, but it did. Arthur Anderson's no longer in business. I worked at, a, at an audit firm during the time that that went down, and a lot of people from Arthur Anderson came to work where I work because Arthur Anderson went out of business, right? These things are, you know, just because we're talking about something unprecedented doesn't mean that it can't happen, right? Unprecedented things happen all the time. And I think one of the things that is um, in our favor is that we, we haven't given up, right? If you look at polling on this issue, more people than ever believe that the 2020 election was meddled with. And, and those people that, that believe that the 2020 election was meddled with believe that 2016 was meddled with, right? I mean, those of us who have done our research on this know that they've been stealing elections for a long time. That's a great awakening, right? And it's going to yeah. take some time, but you can't, you, you, we're not going back to sleep on this. We're not just going to forget and, and have, right, you can't unsee it. We're not going back to politics as usual. Um, I don't know what, well, I know a little bit of what it's like in Florida, and I definitely know what it's like in Georgia, because I talk to those guys down there all the time, the grassroots team. But I know uh, here in Colorado, the Republican Party hasn't gotten the memo yet that, that we're not going back to politics as usual, right? 61% of Republican delegates voted for Tina Peters. That's a, that's a, that's a vote for election integrity. And the Republican parties there um, in Colorado, their response was to demean and defame that 61%, call them Judas, call them traitors, right? They haven't gotten the memo yet, but the Uniparty is going down. We're not, we, we're not stopping. Liberty or death. Look what, 
look what just happened in Michigan with with Matt DiPerno and Christina mm-hmm. Caramo. Christina Caramo won sixty six percent in the first round of the of the convention. I was actually at the out at the convention. She won the sixty six percent in the first round. She beat two other candidates uh, who who both. I mean, Bo Lefave is a is a is a state rep out there. You know, so it's a it's a recognized name in the GOP. And then Matt DiPerno won by forty nine percent. So he had to go to a runoff, and then in the runoff, he won by fifty four percent. So even though the 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 competitor that dropped out you know, through his support behind Matt DiPerno's competitor, more people still voted for, uh, for Matt DiPerno out there. And Rachel Hamm out in uh, California, Secretary of State, another grassroots candidate, just put out a, a, report, a, a YouTube video the other day saying that she had a, uh, you know, somebody with her that was, that was monitoring the election process and said that they, they think that there was fraud going on in it, and she still was winning. Yeah. Even even over the fraud that, that, that they, they think they may have seen in that. So the grassroots is alive and well, folks. Do not let them rip you down and do not let them make you think that you are of the minority. All right. We're going to get rid of these bots on Twitter that go out there and fuel the, the uniparty system. And you're going to realize that there are more people that stand for common sense, uh, conservative values and, and not this rhino crap that we're seeing right now with everybody. Okay, we could do it. I'm going off on a rant. I'm sorry, Ash. No, I, I'm, I, I love it because I feel exactly the same way. The only thing that I would add to it is that it's not, this isn't Republican grassroots. This is the people. This is the American people, the United, people of the United States of America who are done. We're done with, with picking winners and losers, with the elites controlling our lives. Um, you know, I'm not a Republican. I am more conservative than most Republicans that I know. Um, but I, we're not stopping. And I will call out both sides. I will call out every single one of you that sets yourself up above the people. If you think that you get to be up here and you're going to look down and rule over the American people, we're coming for you. If that's the if that's if if that's your worldview, I say you know the we're not welcoming here to country club re- Republicans. I don't care if you have a country club membership. More power to you. It's a beautiful thing. If you think that that you are above the people and you can sit over the people and rule them, and when the people when 61 percent of the people say something, and you say oh they're wrong, oh they're brainwashed, oh they're sore losers, oh they're this, oh they're that. You've lost the plot. And so we're coming for you. We're taking our country back. Amen. All right, Holly, I'll give you a, I'll give you a a last word and then Kevin will give you a last word and then we are out of time. Um, Great. Thanks. Uh, Speaking of going on offense, um, you know, I work for um, cause of America. That's, you know, that's my primary job right now. And, um, you know, there's lots of legal cases that are coming up and especially the injunctions that are going to make a big difference here. So, um, you know, if you feel like supporting um, this this action against the machines, um, visit the Lindell Legal Offense Fund and, and support that. There's news that comes out of that, that source that keeps everybody up to date on um, next steps. So um, check that out. And if you if it's time for you to get involved, also go to Cause of America. That's where um, you can get plugged into your local groups. I mean, there there are all sorts of different independent groups that are coming together to work on election integrity, and it's a very easy way to um, get off the couch and uh, and start contributing to to the offense. 
which I think Brian said very clearly, is um, it's time. It's time for us to really, really go for this now. Yeah, it definitely feels like with Twitter, uh, you know, with, with people being about allowed on, I know, um, Mr. Producer, I sent over a, an image that shows a, a whole bunch of tweets. I, you, it doesn't need to be readable. I just wanted to pop it up. This is a... Where? Um, I gave it to Zach before the show. It's like one picture of... It's Sarah Gon- Gonzalez from Blaze. And... Okay, anyway. She, she, everything that was banned, right? Every conspiracy theory, every, um, uh, you know, thing. You, there you go. Yeah. So this is Sarah Gonzalez yesterday <laughs> on one of uh, Nino, Nino's posts. He was doing a test to see if, if people would get banned for saying the things, all the things. And Sarah just decided to say all the things, which I just thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Boys have a penis, right? girls have a vagina. That's a thing. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, with, with Twitter, I, I bring that up to say with Twitter, you know, with us being allowed to, to speak truth on, on Twitter again, it does feel like the tide is turning. Um, but keyboard warrioring and, and just being behind the screen is not, is not going to save the country. We've got to, uh, we've got to get involved. We need everybody to join the fight. So as Holly said, causeofamerica.org, you can get involved there. Um, thanks so much, Holly, for being here today. Uh, Kevin, last words for you. Ash, Ash, oh, real sure. quick, just before we go to Kevin, I put out a tweet yesterday. It's got it's fairly viral for me. For me, it's got over 100 shares. Uh, I put out a tweet yesterday. Elon buys Twitter. Finally, COVID is man-made. mRNA vaccines are deadly. 2020 was littered with fraud. The U.S. has had bioweapon labs in Ukraine for 10 years, 10 plus years, and Joe Biden is the quote-unquote big guy. Yeah, I love and it's, it. It's still up and it's still going. All right, and sorry, that Kevin. Was the whole that was the whole of Twitter yesterday and, and a little bit the day before, right, was people testing. It was either people testing truth, right, and seeing if they were able to post things that would have previously gotten them banned, or it was leftists crying because Twitter can't censor anymore. And and so it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, apologies, Kevin. Please go ahead. All the I'd say is it's just counting. It's not this hard. Yeah. Everybody should get involved Amen. and try to um, figure out what's going on in your local area. And don't let the quote-unquote experts intimidate you to your country. It's your elections. It's your right. Yeah, 100%. A hundred percent agree with that. You know, we saw the, the, we didn't get into it. We were going to talk about this a little bit yesterday, but we ended up going two, two hours uh, with Kim Kopchak out of uh, Hawaii, which was a great show. But we were going to talk about the French election, right? So fr- France notoriously has paper ballots and, you know, doesn't use election machines and they're claiming fraud, right? You see in the counting, you see the, um, the same kind of F curve. Uh, between Macron and Le Pen, right? And I saw a meme that somebody put up that said, how is it that all these people from the World Economic Forum, the people that the World Economic Forum endorses that, you know, they're they're very unpopular, deeply unpopular with the people of their country, they keep getting elected. I think one of the things that people overlook is decentralization. When you're centralizing that count, even if you have paper ballots, when that count is happening in a centralized location and you're counting hundreds of thousands, millions of ballots in a centralized location, like we saw with Maricopa audit, right? That giant room of all those people. I'm not claiming that that was fraudulent. But when you have it centralized, you increase your propensity for fraud. And when we, if we want 
elections that are built for integrity. We have to decentralize them. We have to come back to precinct level counting, county level voter roll maintenance. The the idea that we're, you know, in Colorado we're going the opposite direction. We're centralizing everything. This this terrible legislation going through right now takes the last remaining local checks and balances from our uh, counties and puts it in the hand of the Secretary of State. Don't follow our lead. Don't do that. We need to decentralize the management of our election processes, the management of our voter rolls, um, and the counting of ballots. Uh, you know, you don't need transport judges and all this kind of stuff if you're counting them locally in your community. And that's that's really what what I that's what I advocate for for sure. Um, and get the non and get the nonprofits out of our elections. 100%. NGOs, non governmental organizations, get them out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all very much. Um, real quickly, where can people find you, Brian? Uh, Rumble.com slash CanCon and also CanCon.Locals.com. I do uh, daily shows in the afternoon on Rumble and uh, usually morning updates on Locals. And Holly, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at holly at altitude.com. That's my blog. And then also uh, causeofamerica.org. And Kevin, where can folks find you? At Kevin Monkbaugh on Twitter or on KenCon Show. <laughs> and Uncover DC as well, right? You've got some stuff up there. I do write articles on, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you all very much. We'll definitely have you all back. This is a, a great show as advertised, explosive stuff. Brian, thank you so much. Uh, and Kevin, for all the work that you've been doing out there. Holly, always appreciate your perspective, you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yep. Whew. That was awesome. Yeah. So wait, is he from Michigan? Which one? Cancun? He lives in Florida. I don't know if, if he's he from Michigan. He said he was at the... Hold on. I'm actually... Uh, so he lives in uh, in Broward County, I think, Florida, down on, in Miami. I'm going to put this back area. on real quick. Hey, are you – you <laughs> said you were at the thing in Michigan? Yeah, I was up there. Um, I, I'm actually – I heard you guys. I, I'm actually from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm down in Florida, Broward County. Um, but I was up there for the event. Uh, I've been – I've been kind of – I've been following Matt DiPerno's case very closely since the very beginning, and I've been one of the few people that have had him on all the time to talk about his case and everything. So uh, I went up there to kind of cover that, uh, you know, that experience for them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because my mom was there. She, we're, uh, I'm, I'm from Michigan originally. So I was, I was curious oh, when I heard cool. that. I forgot about it. She was at but, the convention? Yeah, yeah, she was there. That's awesome. It was, it was my first time ever. I mean, they're, this, the swamp out there in Michigan is insane, insane. E, you know, even after, uh, e, e, even after the, you know, the delegates voted and everything like that and the, the convention was closed, they had a phone conference later on and 24 of the committee members voted not to certify the audit of the, of the convention as a protest to who they elected. Uh, my mom was a delegate, actually. That's why she was there. So yeah, she. Oh, we, we were we were on the phone a while afterwards. It, it, it was Very a cool. fascinating day. Very cool. Well, all right. Well, so I popped you back in unexpectedly, but God bless you. It was, it was a pleasure having you all on. Thanks, thank Brian. you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's from Florida. <laughs> got, it, got it. I heard him say that. I was like, what? Yeah. So no, great, great stuff. And you know this 
The fact that we are still here and we're still talking about now we can talk about truth on Twitter. I'm not a huge fan of Twitter. I just go there to troll. But um, the fact that we can, <laughs> I do, I keep, that's how I keep getting banned. I've gotten banned from Jenna. Kyle Clark's like three times. <coughs> oh, I need to add him to I my I keep making a new profile and keeps banning me. Yeah. So, um, but the fact that we're still here, right? They're, they've been censoring us for two years. They've been demonizing us, calling us conspiracy theorists, calling us big liars. R don't, you know, they say big lie. That means Nazi, right? That's, that's what they're saying when they say big lie. They've come at us with everything that they have. And because we have the truth on our side, we haven't gone away. In fact, we've become more emboldened right, where our numbers have grown and we've gotten even more effective, which is why Jenna Griswold here in Colorado has to, um, you know, change the rules. Yeah. She's got to change the rules because, you know, under the, under the current rules, she's going down, right? And so that is incredibly encouraging to me. Um, you know, Brian, I've, I've followed him for a long time. I met him at the Cyber Symposium in August. And like I said, his podcast was the first one that I ever did. I love his show because he goes deep. Right. He goes deep into all of these issues in the swing states. He's done some incredible reporting. And if you're not um, if you know, this is the first time that that anybody in the audience has has seen Brian or heard of have heard of CanCon, please go check out his reporting. Um, support him on locals. It's he's CanCon.locals.com. CanCon.locals.com. He's on um, I think all the socials as CanCon, except Twitter is CanCon Actual. And it's the two ends are first the second the one n is second so c-a-n-n-c-o-n -N -N for everyone right. who's on audio edition right but um. that and that's the, you know um kevin has been doing incredible reporting for uncovered dc he's been going down rabbit holes in georgia and all that holly has you know we know we're all familiar with, with holly's reporting here in colorado um really explosive stuff on the cabal the what she calls the colorado election establishment cabal and that's where we uncovered, you know, the um, the connections. Holly's the one who uncovered the connections with Matt Crane and his election vendor. Um, he's literally the poster boy, right? He's on the poster for yeah. Global <laughs> Mobile. Um, and so, you know, these incredible citizen journalists, people who had other jobs, right, and who had uh, had other lives that, that they were super focused on until the stolen election. And then you can't unsee it. As Kevin said, you can't unsee it. And once you've seen it, you're, you know, the I, I've uh, said a lot of times that I think that Trump's greatest accomplishment was reigniting the American spirit. A lot of great accomplishments to pick from. Right. But I think that what he reminded the American people that we have the the the, the Amer of what of what the American dream is right of what freedom really means and in my lifetime for the first time we had a president and a and a government sort of a government but at least a president that tried to uh, deregulate and give power back to the people not in every aspect and certainly there are things that could have been done better but we saw America American innovation and the American people we saw the government get out of the way for the first time in a long time and allow the American people to work. And um, this, uh, the, you know, igniting that American spirit is what brought us to this point to the where, no, we're not going back. You know, I mean, we're living Obama's third term right now. This is very reminiscent of the Obama years where, you know, we all just have to sit down, shut up and take it. America's not exceptional. And we want to look more like Europe. 
right? I mean, that was for eight years. That was the Obama administration while they were slowly creeping communism through and expanding it into every institution that we have. We're not doing that. Again, I can tell you straight up, I was Tea Party during the Obama years, very politically active, walked away until Trump, right? Um, and I'm not going back. No, I I'm agree. not. There's there there is no universe in which we allow uh, in which we allow this to go on, and there's no universe in which they get away with a stolen election. I don't care how long it takes. We will we we will right what has been wronged. Yeah, and you know the. Uh what you said about for the first time seeing things deregulated, I mean, there's, it was a drop in the bucket in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but it's the yeah. first time in my lifetime that, that I've witnessed. And I think the first time in, in all of our lifetimes, frankly, where it finally started to slide back the other direction. And, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of people who have issues with Trump. I, I do too. Like yeah. Trump is not, is not perfect, but his he endorsements the, certainly aren't perfect. Yeah, I'm not. There, there's a lot going <laughs> on there, and so, sometimes I, I see some of these, and yeah, I don't know. Like, is he giving a platform so they destroy yeah. themselves? Is, is is he getting bad advice again? I, I don't know. But it's not really the point. The uh, he said he said something uh, during one of his speeches, which was, "I take these slings and arrows gladly for you," mm -hmm. and I think that's what I've seen. I mean, people like you, uh, Joe, the individuals that we've had on, so many that we've had on this show. I mean, you guys have walked away from everything. Uh, Joe has given up um, unbelievable amounts of money. Uh, you know, the ability to, to sell his company, his position in his company. Uh, I know you're working on this full time. Holly, the exact same way. Everything that Mike Lindell has given on. I, I could be doing a whole lot of other stuff and enjoying my life. And I gave up a lot because of what happened with Joe when he came out with this. And it's like, the especially the last two years, the more hits that they keep taking at us, it's like there's, we just, it's like a it's hardening. Stronger. Yeah, we, ju we just keep, you know, getting getting tougher. And now these they're just like toothpicks that they're throwing at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, we used to, I don't know about you, I used to be afraid of being called racist because of my professional career. And if that was a label that was slapped on me. Now, I'm not racist, right? I mean, I <gasps> let, I know. <laughs> so... Once you realize, okay, it's a it's a baseless defamatory attack that they're using because they want to intimidate me and silence me, then it's like, oh, hell no. Call me racist all you want. I don't care. I'm not going to stop fighting for the truth, right? And like you said, you know, the deregulation and getting the governments out of our government out of our life, it was a drop in the bucket, right? President Trump, while he was fighting for that, he was fighting against the uniparty establishment. He was fighting predominantly against his own party. And that's why, you know, in the first two years when they had a supermajority, they didn't do anything with it because they didn't want to, right? So it was just a drop in the bucket. But look at the results of that yeah. drop in the bucket. Imagine. Just imagine if we got this behemoth government out of our lives and just were allowed to do what we know is right, what we want to do, live our lives the way we, what, you know, I tell, I've always told um, activists when we brought in activists to, to USCIP and others, bring your skills, talents, and passions. Whatever the thing is that for you, you're super turned on and time flies by and you feel like you're doing what you were created to do. That's what you need to be doing in this movement. And that's what you should be doing in your life. Right. Yeah. And that is we're, we're living in a system that's fabricated uh, to enslave us. And, you know, I think, like I said, Trump's greatest uh, accomplishment was waking us up to well, that it reality. Was, it was a breath. Like it was the first time that the American people financially and, you know, the things that were actually coming down from the Fed, uh, which 
you know, really it should be going the other way around. I think that's the biggest mm -hmm. deception is they've turned everything upside down. Right. Uh, and so people look, they look upwards, they look to these leaders, they look to the president, they look to the Congress as the ones who are supposed to be, you know, fixing our country and it's supposed to be us. They're supposed to be answering to us. So it's the devil's tricks. But it was the first time under Trump that people, uh, you know, regulation wise and then also, you know, idea, uh, ideologically, they, they finally had a breath. And that, I think, is what allowed so many people to kind of pull their head out from under the water and start to see so many of the things that are going on. Because I think, actually, the fact that he couldn't do so much was one of the big factors that woke people up. Because mm -hmm. if he had just come in and, like, cleaned house in six months, then people would go, oh, wow, look how easy that is. But right. seeing all the things that he was doing and the fight he had from, from the Republicans, from both parties, that showed everyone exactly how, how deep this you know, this nest of vipers actually goes. And that's the, you know, and now we see it. So we had the stolen election, right? And so you have all these people fighting for 16 months now to, to get to the truth of that. And it's the same thing. We're fighting Republicans. We're fighting yeah. Republicans locally, right? In the, in the county commissioner's office and the city, in the county clerk's office and the city council that is, you know, the next the next layer of the onion being peeled back, right? Like, sure, it's okay. The the Republicans in Washington D.C. are a problem. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. The Republicans in the state house are a problem, and the Republicans in your county buildings are a problem. This is a facade. Left and right is a facade. It's the great American gaslight. It is. I love that term. It, it's the name of my book. That's why I keep saying it. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to talk about your book uh, pretty soon then. Um, but yeah, so in line with what we're, and we are out of time. We, thanks for sticking around. I know there's still uh, there's still quite a few people watching. So thank you for staying with us. I know we went over, uh, but it's time to get get your own house in order first. Stop looking at these these fools in Congress who have been selling you out. Get your own house in order. Get the local politicians. Get your sheriffs. Get your delegates. Get your your congressmen in your state your representatives, your mayors, these are the people, your city council, your school board members, get your own house in order. That's, that's where you can make action right now today. And, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, God, God is working and there are people all over this country at every level fighting uh, to restore our republic. So we'll, we'll see that. But I'll, I'll say it one more time. Get your own house in order first and do it now. We, we had a break under Trump, you know, to, to pull our heads up. But we are in a war. And I'll say that again. We are in a war. We are seeing the effects of this. If you need any doubt, watch the episode we did last night. There, there are real people dying. There are real children, uh, children's lives at stake. Th these are real consequences. As much as it, it's you know, funny to throw the term around that we're all watching a movie, you know, movie characters don't die. Real people are dying. Right. So, so get, get activated now because we are all waiting on you and we all need you. Um, so we are we are out of time for real this time. <laughs> uh, go to True Social. Uh, Joe's there at Joe Oltman. We're at Conservative Daily, and Ash, you are there at Ash in America, uh, where you are also at on Telegram, I believe, and yes. everywhere else. Uh, you can go to AshinAmerica.com. She does awesome writing uh, for Conservative Daily and uh, Joe. You can find us on Telegram uh, at Conservative Daily and at Joe Oltman. The direct links are t.me forward slash Conservative Daily, and the same for Joe. We go live here, conservative-daily.com. That's our site on Rumble, DLive, on CloudHub. And now on Frank's Beach, we'll be there tonight at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're on Lindell TV 2. 
Uh, so check that out if you are a Frank's Beach audience member. We're on uh, Rumble right now, and the percentage of you who have hit the Rumble button is embarrassing. So come on, guys. Uh, smash, smash the Rumble it. button. Yeah, be, be the ambassador of truth. Uh, that's one of my favorite things that Joe says. And share this episode. Great yes, episode. share the crap out of it. Please share the crap out of it. We need to reach as many people as possible because not enough people are awake, but not enough people are activated. And as I said, this there are real consequences to the things that are being done now. So be part of the solution. Help wake your, your fellow brothers and sisters here in America and all across the world out and help them figure out what's going on. Uh, you can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible, and on a million other podcast sites. So go listen to us there. Go over on Apple. Give us a five-star review. Uh, we've climbed a lot higher in the last few months especially. Uh, but help us help us again be the be the ambassador of truth in your community. Help us climb up so that we can awaken more hearts and minds. Uh, if you want a reminder when we go live, text the word FREEDOM, that's F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. We will text you when we are about to go live. Um, also, if you go to conservative-daily.com, you can now become a member. Thank you so much for all of you who have signed up. As little as 10 bucks a month. Uh, and then there are some higher tiers where you're going to get some really cool stuff. If you do that as well, you get massive discounts on the Fax Blasts, which allows you to put some pressure on the people in Congress. Uh, so go over there. Uh, check out that tool. Check out conservative-daily.com. Uh, but that's it. So we will be back tonight on Frank's Beach at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so with that, God bless you all. We are winning. Uh, but put the put the pressure on. It's time. It's time to get off the couch. Are we gonna I, pray? Oh yes, yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you for amazing patriots like we were blessed to have on this show. Uh, j- just this morning, we thank you for the amazing audience that we have who supports the truth, who is fearless in speaking out against it. Thank you for sharing our message. Thank you for all the others who are fighting for the truth all over this country. Thank you for the, those who are still safe, who you have protected from the powers of the deep state, from those who would wish us harm, who are doing us harm, and continue to keep them safe. Cover them in a hedge of protection. Allow our message to reach far and wide all across the world. Let it pierce the veil of, of garbage, the brainwashing that has been wrapped around all of our minds by the mainstream media, by the Mockingbird media. Allow our message to pierce like an arrow into the minds, into the hearts of Americans. Wake them up. Please, Father God, we we ask you, wake them up. Show them the truth. Show them that they are important, that they are the main character in their own lives, that they have the power to affect massive action just by getting off the couch, just by speaking out, by connecting with their neighbors. Show them that they are more powerful than they have been led to believe continue to dismantle the evil agenda, continue to dismantle and disrupt the operations of, of the deep state, of those who are coming after our children, those who are continuing to fight to maintain power over our, elect, over our election system. Restore our nation to the constitutional values upon which it is founded. Show us the path, give us wisdom, give us guidance, so that we may continue every day to realize the world that you have waiting for us. Continue to to rejuvenate us. Our minds have grown weary. Our bodies are tired some days, but 
show us a sign every day that we wake up so that we remember the fight that we are in and the the stakes that uh, that you know we see before us there is nothing we cannot do when we have you on our side and so we will stand by you we will follow your word we will follow your wisdom we will follow your guidance we are listening in jesus name we pray Amen. amen all right everyone well that's it uh, as I said, we'll be back tonight, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. God bless America. My name is Apollo. And I'm Ashup. We'll see you tonight. <laughs>